Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Dr. Stephanie Slider is a Navy wife and a mother of four beautiful children. She's a mentor, speaker, and joy seeker. Through her simplified method, she teaches women how to make the most of their time and resources while still being present with their families and easily creating the life of their desires. When Stephanie isn't spending time with her family or growing her business, she enjoys horseback riding and competing in marathons and triathlons. Stephanie's vision is to support women to create what they desire in a way that feels great while emphasizing self-care without guilt and shame to make the most of the life we have. Hello. Hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back to to the show. So excited. I have such an amazing woman sitting here about to share her story with you. And yeah, I don't, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to waste any time around here. I'm just going to introduce her. And so that we can just dive into this. So I'm so excited to share with you and introduce you to Dr. Stephanie Snyder. Welcome to the Super Expander podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Ah, I'm, I'm super excited for this, this conversation. And, you know, like, like I just said, we don't waste any time. So let's just go right into it. Who are you? Who is Dr. Stephanie deep down to her core? So to her core, ultimately a joy seeker um, is kind of the easiest nutshell to put that in. Uh, I am absolutely an old soul uh, who can overanalyze all of the things. And part of this lifetime, this journey essentially is to find the joy of it all. Ah, I love that. Okay. So when did you discover that you were an old soul? I, I always had a feeling as a child, I was always kind of misplaced. Um, so to say, uh, had a good childhood. I mean, there wasn't anything that was like tragic in my childhood. Um, but I was always kind of like the watcher and the onlooker. And I would like analyze things and like strategically place myself in certain situations or I would just watch people I was a big people watcher and decide whether or not that was the situation I wanted to engage in um but it was probably maybe like three or four years ago um I remember sitting at the table with my dad and my dad and I had a a strange relationship while I was a child because I was the the youngest of my parents and they got divorced and I had grown up believing it was my fault. And so I was remember having this conversation with my dad at the dining room table and 
he made a comment and I looked at him and I said, you are such a young soul. It's ridiculous. And he went, what do you mean? And I said, well, I have this feeling that you haven't been around the planet very long. I said, I have a feeling that I've been here a long time. And as he sat with it, I could see the wheels start to turn. And he was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. And I just, I've always believed I was an old soul. I've had some affirmations over it, about it through the years, but that's kind of the short story, I guess. Yeah, I love that. I can totally identify that. I'm definitely a, an observer. And, and it's funny too, because I think energetically, you're like, I can feel it from you that you're like a very grounded, centered person. And I think that comes, right? It comes with the the wisdom and experience of, uh, I think, having, having an old soul. So I, I feel like I can really, really identify with that. Okay, so... Well, let's talk about being an old soul and leading you into what you do in your life's work then. Let's make the connection All right. there. So um, I'm a mom is part of my current journey and I've got four kids, I'm also a military wife. So with my husband deploying a lot initially in our marriage. Um, we joke, but I think the first 10 years that we were married, we'd lived together for like four of them. Um, and so there's been a lot of personal growth in that. Um, and then in terms of being an old soul, I, I look at my kids very differently than most parents, most moms do potentially. Um, I, know that my son, my oldest, is also an old soul. And so we have a very interesting relationship, but I always know that my kids are here to teach me something. Um, so I'm of the belief that we've chosen this destination, our family, for whatever purpose it is. Um, and I know that my kids chose me to teach me some kind of a lesson. I get glimpses of that from time to time, what those lessons are, but I, it, it took a lot of work for me to get there. Um, I hit a pretty dark place when we came back stateside in 2012, where my masculine shield went up and I was a big doer. Um, I had very little personal love for myself. I actually started to hate and resent myself on a, on a deeper level. Um, and then there was this breakthrough moment where I had reprimanded my son. He was probably seven at the time for just being a boy really like is what it was, but I was exhausted trying to do all the things and I reprimanded him and he climbed up on his bed and I will never forget this. And, it, and he looked at me and he said, I should just disappear. Nobody loves me. And it was in that moment that my heart totally broke because he said the words that I had been feeling that I thought I was doing a really great job hiding. I thought I was doing a great job putting on the face of being a great mom and a wife and happy and all the things, but I didn't realize how much my energy was actually impacting my kids. Mm, I'm about to cry right now. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> so I, I had to take a deep breath to not cry when I said that to you. Um, so I started a deeper journey at that point and said, you know what? I can't be this kind of a mom because it's legitimately killing my children. Um, and so I had to start to do the deep work and really look at 
who I was being instead of focusing on what I was doing. Wow. I think it's, so I'm a mom too, and I only have one, but I, the whole entire journey through, it was always, you know, they're, they're such reflectors back to us. And I think that it's so heartbreaking when we are not, we're not in the presence to, to see that, right? Right. It's like literally they are reflectors right back to us. So that being that pivotal moment for you. So then what happened after that? Like, what did, how did, how did you step into that kind of healing journey? Yeah. So it was still a longer process from then. Um, as I know about myself and I have conversations with God, universe, source, whatever we want to call it. Um, and I know that I'm really stubborn. And so when I am seeking wisdom, I kind of have to be hit with a Mack truck, essentially. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that's happened a couple of times, um, but I really like the subtle hints don't always get to me. Um, and so after that journey, I really started to prioritize my own self-love and my own self-care. Um, and it started with health and nutrition. Those were because that felt manageable to me at first. Uh, and so I started really, really small and I tell people this story and, and some people laugh about it, but it started with the health and nutrition for sure. Cause I knew those were important to me. Um, but then I had one of those moments where I got activated by somebody. Um, and I think we had talked about this just a minute ago, but, uh, it was somebody on Facebook and it was a post that was shared years ago. And it, she just said, if it's important to you, you'll find the time. If not, you'll find an excuse. And I wanted to flip her the bird. And I wanted to message her and tell her all of the things that I was doing to justify the fact that I couldn't make myself a priority, essentially. But what it did was it actually caused me to reflect on what I was actually doing with my time. And yeah, I had made health and nutrition a priority, but I had made it a priority externally, right? It had it was not being embodied. And so I had to actually start to embody that and say, okay, well, let's actually look at where my time is going. And the very first thing I looked at was laundry. I don't know why, but I was obsessed with laundry. It was... Oh my God, we're like the same person. <laughs> Yeah. So it was like, it was like the second my kids were awake, I had them dressed in and clothes and washing their pajamas. I don't know why this is how I was operating, but it, it felt like it was like my safety net where I could be like, okay, at least I can focus on the laundry kind of thing. It was like the one thing I felt I could control, but ironically, you can't actually control laundry unless you're living in a nudist colony. Like laundry is never ending. <laughs> It's playing a losing yes. game. I believe me. I've had this conversation and like metaphorical. You were like living out a yes. metaphor. <laughs> yeah, losing battle. But for some reason, I was convinced I was going to be the first person in the world to actually like check laundry off of their list. And when I looked at how much time I was spending obsessing over laundry, it was staggering. And so I said, okay, this is the first thing I need to tackle for myself. And so I made it a rule that Monday and Thursday were my only laundry days. And the anxiety and the all of the feelings that welled up inside of me those first couple of days as I watched laundry pile up into the laundry baskets was exhausting. 
But when I actually had full loads of laundry to do a couple days later, there was like this freedom that just echoed in other areas of my life because it was like, oh, well, laundry doesn't own me anymore. So what else can I do? And it seems crazy that that was like a pivotal moment, but it was like so eye-opening that all of a sudden like it, it started to snowball into everything else. Oh my gosh. Is that, well, I mean, I feel like it, maybe for a moment, it sounds crazy, but it makes perfect sense in so many ways because we all do this. It just happens to be, I think in, you know, it could be different facets, right? The thing that owns you, it can, for some people, it's an eating disorder. Um, for other people, it's an addiction of some sort of vice, right? And it, that's the thing that you get to pour all of your energy into. So it's, it's like that uh, self-sabotage, right? If I put, it's this thing I have to, I can't do anything else but this thing because this is the thing. If I keep doing this, I'm not gonna potentially feel hurt or failure in some other capacity or some other arena in our life, right? And so, and then it's this excuse that we get to hold there. Not, And I'm, I wanna preface this with, for anybody who's listening, I'm not saying that any of those other things are excuses, but that's like our mind plays these tricks on us to, it thinks it's keeping us safe, but ironically, it's just keeping us in this like awful pain. Wow. So I, I know that everyone listening is hearing like so many little nuggets of just like, oh, that makes so much sense that I see myself in that. I feel that. Okay. So you had a, this snowball effect. And then what happened? Like, how do you start to bring that forth in what you're doing today with your Yeah, so uh, once that snowball started to happen, I realized that I could control a whole bunch of different areas in my life. And so I started to really chip away at kind of remembering who I was because prior to 2012, um, 2013-ish is when this all started to snowball, um, I was really grounded and in a really great space. And then when we came back to the States after living overseas for three years and my husband was thrown into deployment cycles, this is where kind of I started to unravel. And so in 2013, I started to start to build myself back up and um, found an MLM that was health and nutrition based. And I thought, well, I'm going to pour myself into that because that feels really good. And I had not the right amount of success for obvious reasons, um, but obvious to me now, not then. Um, it was definitely not supposed to be my end all and be all, which I wanted it to be. But I remember one of my clients in the MLM, she said to me, well, you just have, like, you're you're so put together. You, you really, you're, like, you're not a hot mess mom. Like, you really have your life together. Can you teach me how? And I thought, well, I, I guess, but that, that seems weird. And she's like, no, like, I really like, I can't accomplish anything. And I'm scattered in all over the place. And you are not like, you're accomplishing all these things. Can you help me? And I was like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let me figure out what that looks like. Right. And birthed overnight. Um, I remember falling asleep that night and waking up in the middle of the night with the idea of the overjoyed mom brand, which was my first brand, um, the overjoyed mom. And it is a huge part of me. I still have the website up and active and all the things. Um, and there's been some growth along the way, but overjoyed mom is where it started. And I started to just share 
stories about how I was handling motherhood and my business started to grow that way. And then mom started to ask me, how are you doing business and being a present mom? And so it started to grow that way. And then I hit self-sabotage in 2020 when COVID hit. Um, Self-sabotage came in like an angry, angry beast and I unraveled again and have been slowly rebuilding back up to that. So um, a bunch of up and downs along the way, essentially. I first, I want to just say thanks for being so transparent because it would be really easy to just say that that was the moment and the trajectory was just straight, straight. <laughs> right. Up, oh yeah. That would right? be so easy to say. Yeah. <laughs> It, I, I mean, it is. And, and well, that happens a lot. So I, first of all, just want to like celebrate you for your authenticity and your transparency and sharing that because people need to hear that, right? They need to hear that it's like life is kind of a roller coaster ride. We, all, we already know this, but business is too. I have a question for you. Have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So you unraveled and now we're rebuilding. What does that rebuild look like? And what has it really taken you to tap into like what's what you're on to now, where you're going now? Yeah. So as I had said earlier, um, kind of I'm a joy seeker. So overjoyed mom was a brand on point. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I felt like I had to protect myself from some of the, the moms that were coming to me. Um, and as I attempted to protect myself, I actually was dismantling what I had built um, because I had built a brand that was so open and vulnerable about motherhood. Uh, and then I started to build up that wall and try to, to attract clients, but also not attract clients um, because I didn't want people to get too close to me because I was protecting myself from some of the other clients that I had had. And so the unraveling, I can remember the exact moment where I felt like I didn't deserve it. And it was coupled with COVID starting. Um, and so I, it all, all unraveled. And in hindsight, it was exactly what I needed because my foundation was not quite strong enough. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it but I didn't have the strength to sustain it at the size and the vision that I really had. Um, and so even this morning, as I was reflecting on the way after dropping my kids off to school, reflecting on the way home, um, the vision of like a, a foundation, like a, something built out of sand was what I saw first. And then the vision of like, actually using bricks and like a stronger foundation is what 
is put in place because there is a depth to the growth that is just incredible that the old me would have not been able yeah. to hold. Yes. It, and it's so true. We cannot build a skyscraper on a, you know, like a sand foundation. It has to be poured with care and strength and all the things. So on this journey, there had to be someone that really was a super expander for you to get you to this point, because it sounds like there's been so many big, huge aha moments that a lot of us maybe don't ever actually have, or we only have glimpses of them. And it sounds like you've had, had a lot of them. So I'd love to hear a super expander story from you. Absolutely. So um, the very first one that came to mind, and I'm going to stick with this one, was my first mentor that I ever hired. Um, and I was terrified to hire her. Uh, but she, there was something about her that she just had this presence. And I was like, I need to just hang out with her and figure it out. And what happened was she was very much in the strategy based and that's where I felt safe. I didn't feel safe at the time doing the emotional feminine side of things. I was really strong at the masculine side of things and her approach was very masculine. Um, it's not anymore. She's actually done a complete 180. She has a very, very feminine approach now, but I remember I, I said, you know what? I need to be a part of what she's doing. And so I joined her mastermind because that was all I could financially do at the time, which was still a big stretch for me at the time because my business was really not making anything. Um, and I remember we were probably five months into our one year program. And there were a lot of other women in the program. We were on a group call together. And one of the other moms on the call had started to. I don't want to say complain, but she was definitely whining about how she didn't have time to do things. And my mentor stopped the, stopped her and said, all right, hold on a second. And she looked at me and she said, Stephanie, tell me when you go grocery shopping. And I said, well, I typically go grocery shopping on Thursday mornings because that's when I have. And she just kept asking me all these questions. Like, when do you do this? When do you do that? And as she started to dig a little bit deeper, I started to realize that that was actually my strength. It wasn't my weakness because I had seen me being a mom, a weakness to being able to achieve the financial level that I wanted to, because I couldn't work 60, 70 hours a week. Like I had seen all these other mentors work. I could reasonably only do about 20 hours a week and still and not feel overwhelmed with the rest of life. And so I had always deemed that as my weakness. And in that moment, she shone, she shone a light on it. And she was like, that's actually your strength. It's your superpower that you're able to manage all of these things, grow a business and still be a present mom without going like tail spinning into overwhelm. And that was kind of like the huh, so people actually use this? Like, it's not just something that like three people would like. And like everybody on the call was like, no, like, what are you doing? I need to like chat with you about this. And so that kind of became my through language. Um, yeah, it was very interesting when that happened. So good. So to really kind of sum it up, 
you help people essentially become super efficient and masters of their their energy and their time. That's that's really what I'm hearing from you. Yes, and that I love that you said it like that because I do speak a lot about their energy and time. Um, I talk about resources. You know, a lot of the time, overwhelm is caused by an unrealistic expectation of three resources your time, your money, and your energy. (laughs) Speaking my language here. (laughs) Yes. And so, um, you know, that when you look at that, the only, uh, the only time I've ever, or the times that I've been overwhelmed has been the unrealistic expectations of one of those three. And when I can pinpoint it, I'm able to, to actually talk myself out of the overwhelm, um, coach myself through it and realize, okay, this is actually a choice to live in this overwhelmed state um, because I can be realistic about the time and still do all the things that I want to do. And that's kind of the thing is that people, I, I hear this a lot. Well, I just don't have the time for that. I get it. I know like that's an easy go-to and quite frankly, who's going to argue with you about it. But if you are unconsciously going through your day, you're wasting an incredible Absolutely. amount of time. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And the thing is too, because it's like, if someone else is doing when, uh, when that excuse comes out and it's like, if someone else is doing it, I can promise you that you also have the time because we all only have the same amount of time and your perception of that person that's doing the thing that you think they don't have 8 million other things going on in their life. It's like completely flawed and false, right? Because every single one of us has 8 trillion things, but there's only usually a very minimal amount of things that are actually important, right? And typically when we really are start by, like I always go by this principle, there's really only one thing in any given moment. We like to think that there is multiple things that can be important in any given moment. And there's really only one thing. And when we focus on one thing at a time, that's when all of a sudden we become hyper efficient. And when we put these contexts of like, I'm going to get this thing done that you think is going to take you an hour and you just like, I'm going to get it done in 20 minutes. We are like goldfish, right? We ride, we like shrink and expand to the container that we're put into. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I remember when COVID hit, I had a client who um, I was working with and she's like, I don't know how to, to work from home. Like it, it's so scatterbrained. She said, I really don't know. She said, how am I supposed to work eight hours from home? And I looked at her and I said, when you were in the office, did you honestly work eight hours a day? <laughs> she was like, well, yeah. I said, no, no, no. I said, you were there for eight hours, but you didn't actually work eight hours. And as I started to unravel it, she went, oh my God, you're right. I probably only worked like four. Yep, probably. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So give yourself a gift. This was, it's like, what a gift that was for all of us in that context, not the actual, right? If you could actually start to create the uh, systems and habits to become efficient and get your work done in that amount of time, how much life you get to live outside of that? Yeah. Uh, pure gold here. Oh my gosh. So good. All right. So I know everyone is listening to this and they're just like, oh my gosh, I need to know more. I need to know how, how, uh, so how can, how can everyone find you? What's the best way for them to get into your world? 
Absolutely. So Instagram, uh, Stephanie Snyder, PhD is the best place to find me. That's where I hang out the most. Uh, I am on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all the places, but I really love that Instagram page. Um, so that's the best place to get in touch with me for sure. Amazing. So you guys have to go over and, and find her, go follow her, say hi, let her know that you listened to her and heard her here on the Super Expander podcast. Cause I know it's always nice to know when someone finds you, how they, they found you let her know what your favorite part was about this episode. And, you know, I don't know, let's see, do you have one more golden nugget of wisdom that you might like to share? I mean, there's been so many along the, this, in this conversation, but you know, there's, there's always one more, right? <laughs> Yes, always on more. So my favorite to tell people is to just follow the joy. Um, that's where you're going to find what your gift is, what your purpose is. Um, that's where you're going to find the easiest marketing, the easiest, you know, whatever it is, is to just follow the joy. That's going to be the path of least resistance. Um, and so figure out what is fun and joyful to you and follow that. Mm, I love that. And it's so true, right? I, when we follow the joy, we actually create a life worth living. I, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your story. I very, very much appreciate it. And I know everyone listening does too. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. We will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.